0: California, a new land has come into be. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is... Coast Boys. known as the playground of the stars. Oh, no, no. Full, you know how we
1: do it. they host, made of a cool and charred pony. Welcome back. Thursday, Friday edition of West Coast. Oh, I almost said West Coast Boys Podcast, Uh Uh which I mean would have been too on the nose, I think. But West Coast Boys Pod. Uh, I am your host, Landon McCool. You can find me on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can find me obviously here and on the Locked On Cowboys Podcast with Marcus Mosier. And I am joined as always with my co-host John Owning. John, say what's up to the people.
2: How's it going, everybody? You know where to find me? John Owning on Twitter, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Make sure you guys read my articles on the Dallas Morning News. Just had one drop about Byron Jones. Have my weekly mismatches column going up at the score on Friday. Make sure you guys check it out. Click it 300 times. Give it to your grandma to click. Everybody you know to click.
1: Everyone. Let's just go. lots of clicks. Clicking, clicking, call yeah. around. All the clicks. Uh, guys of uh, <clears throat> normal... Thursday Friday show we're gonna talk uh, about the the second part of the all 22 review the defense today. Uh, we did the offense uh, earlier in the week yesterday so if you haven't heard that yet and you want to please go back into the archives check it out. Uh, I think they should still have them up on Cowboys 247 as well. so make sure you guys are uh, checking that out. Uh, we will do our nabra of the week. Uh, to discuss the play or player that uh just made us shout out, hashtag Nabra. That was not good. Uh, and then our football segment is extra special today because we have a special guest in uh Matt Waldman from the rookie scouting portfolio, uh, portfolio and uh and and uh, you know. Football guys, and I mean, you know, if you've been part of cow-, of cow of football Twitter, draft Twitter, of that community for a while, fantasy football, really, you know, any of the just semi or close to professional, you know, level of. C- c- talk that goes on at a high level high level talk you know who Matt Waldman is so uh this is not i i really over introduced a guy who needs no introduction at this point yeah. so uh guys let's well let's just jump right into the uh the the Cowboys coaches tape review shall we okay so um we did the offense last week so if you haven't again go back and check that out we are doing the defense today and um I, you know i, I don't want to start uh, suggesting that this is going to be a trend but i think we're finding that these these defensive game reviews especially in comparison to the last last few years have been a lot more fun than they have been uh, in the past it's delightful, and now. and even more than that like it feels like uh they are you know, better than the offense, you know, which is, which is, that's, that's, it's been a really long time since that's been the case, you know, I think uh, mm-hmm. for this, for this team. So, um, but I think going back and watching this was a delight. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Drex Grease, um, you know, I, I think yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, it was, they're playing at a level that it's just, it's, 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 it's not like anything we've really seen in a while, you know, I mean, they are, uh, it, it's not even just that their ben don't break anymore. Like they're denying the football at you know at, at, at in, pa- in the passing game. They are consistently adding pressure. Like pressure is mm-hmm. is is expected as opposed to hoped for at this point. Mm-hmm. the The linebackers as a whole are you know there there's first of all there's a ton of them. They're, they all seem to be playing. They all seem to play great last week, uh, and they're running to the football. It just feels like. um the defense at this point is playing at a high level and the all 22, at least for me really confirmed that.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. They pretty much shut down the giants offense all game long. I think the giants average like 3.8 yards per play, which is not great. Bob, not great. Bob. Yeah, not great. Not great. Bob for them. Um, but well, yeah, I was really impressed with all three levels of the defense too. The defensive line did their job. The linebackers played well. The cornerbacks did phenomenally against a really talented uh, Giants receiving core. Safeties were good. Everything, every level. The play calling was good. Everything just seems to be working in unison.
1: So let's let's kind of get a little bit deeper in there. So we'll start at the uh, the front, of the, the the defensive line. Um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, just on a stat level, you saw that every starter, uh, you know, on the defensive line got a sack, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, like I think each individually played well, well beyond that stat too. I mean, I think like we talked yeah. about how Taco's sack was actually not even super that super impressive. I mean, he made the tackle, he made the play, mm-hmm. but it but it was he was unblocked. He had many many more much more impressive snaps than that uh, that maybe you know he didn't get uh, statistical uh, credit for mm-hmm. but he you know he's he was looking good at different points in, in uh, coming in as Randy Gregory's relief at right end uh, Tyrone Crawford you know I, I you know we we're still kind of learning what Tyron Crawford is as a three-tech with his body type, right? Because, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a completely different – and it's not even just that, the shoulder, too. You know, like last time we saw him play the three-technique, he was still dealing with all that rotator cuff issue that he had. So, you know, what we're seeing is Crawford is incredibly quick off the ball, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially – I mean, maybe not even especially for the inside. I mean, there are definitely times when it feels like Crawford is the first person off the ball – no matter who it is on the defensive line.
2: Um He's spring-loaded in his stance. He really
1: is. And and so I, I think it, it, that's been incredible for the pass rush, but it's also I mean for himself, but also s- specifically for helping free up on stunts. I mean he's really a great, you know, first, you know, attacker on a on a twist because he 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 collapses uh blocking. He dem- because of his size, he d- he's hard to get around inside. Uh, and when he crashes down on guys uh and you know someone like DeMarcus Lawrence who is just so adept at playing on his feet, uh, you know, he's he's going to get inside and, and he's going to have incredible mismatches with centers and guys who just have no business trying to b- block Demarcus Lawrence one on one. So, uh, you know, his addition in the middle has really kind of helped shore up a spot that, I mean, we were all extremely worried about going into the mm-hmm. season. I mean, defensive tackle has looked great. You can't talk about how great defensive tackle has looked without mentioning the, the continued great play of Antoine Woods you know, and and what he's done at the one technique. Uh, And then obviously, you know, we've briefly mentioned uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's only because he is continuing to put up excellence as we expected. So real quick before we go any further, just give me your thoughts on the starting four and, and, you know, where they are and where they're going.
2: Really impressive game, you know. They really work well in stunts, and they work in unison well. They know how to play off each other's abilities really well, especially DeMarcus Lawrence and Tyron Crawford, who are really good friends, you know, even off the field. They work really well on stunts. When either one of them is the stabber or the looper, they know how to work with timing. They know how to set up the other person, and and when they loop around that corner, they're coming... Hellaciously at the quarterback, yeah. it's really impressive to watch. You know, Antoine Woods, like you said, he's continuing to play well, winning the leverage battle in this in the middle in the interior of the defense, giving the linebackers opportunities to uh, pursue downhill, and not have to deal with offensive linemen in their face right away. It's just. Really good work. Another guy I want to spotlight is Dorrance Armstrong. Yes, absolutely. He played pretty really well this last weekend, especially against the run. He was resetting the line of scrimmage. He was shedding blocks. He was preventing running lanes. He was doing everything you want from a left and right defensive end. He was doing it from both sides, really, because the Cowboys are shorter man in the rotation with Gregory out. But yeah, Just the whole defensive line as a whole is impressing me more and more, and I'm getting worried, not even worried about the interior defensive line anymore.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that You, you. I mean, it's crazy to kind of go from a spot that you thought was a position of concern to. I mean, we're not even worried about it now. And now, you know, we're in week three. Next week, we've got. uh, I think it's the Lions we play next week, Uh, Mm -hmm. and then after that, we've got David Irving back. And so, I mean, suddenly that that defensive interior looks. Monstrous. I mean, you get Malik mm-hmm. Collins coming in, still, despite missing all of training camp, still coming in and basically, you know, uh, uh, getting at least one disruptive snap a game, you know. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, some of these backup guys, like you mentioned, Dorrance Armstrong, Dorrance Armstrong, and Antoine Woods. There was that holding call that they called on them, you know, when when the Giants uh, on the on the Giants. I mean, when the Giants were backed up on their own back uh, end zone. And they uh both Woods and Armstrong blew up the play for uh you know I think a uh you know t- four or five yard loss and they ended up also calling holding on Doran, uh on the guy that was blocking Dorrance Armstrong I think it was Nate Solder so um you know Dorrance Armstrong was really showing some things all throughout the game as well uh like you mentioned you know that's the thing is that when you've got these down roster guys and they're putting up you know impressive snaps. You know you just you know that you've got really good depth and, and obviously rotating those guys it, it makes things extremely extremely difficult for uh for opposing offices to,
2: to kind of game plan for how do you think the Giants feel about paying Nate solder all that money
1: I, I mean I think they probably feel like <laughs> that he's not worth it but they had to because if they if they didn't they probably would have something worse there which uh, I mean honestly Garrett flowers there still. I, I've, well, and who's playing right tackle? Probably may, <laughs> maybe like, Chaz like. Green, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think they they probably aren't feeling great about that decision. I mean, yeah, you know, but but at the same time, like they they really didn't have a choice, you know. It's like they had to get an offensive, they had to do something, and and it's they had a whole bunch of bad choices, and they probably you know picked one of the. Least bad choices, but still, it's it's still a bad choice. So, uh, <laughs> let's move back a level. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on the linebacker play overall? Uh, we we saw that the you know, Sean Lee kind of had some cramping or uh, hamstring tightness or whatever you want to whatever it was, but he kind of ended up mm-hmm. not playing so much in the second half. But it felt like the linebackers specifically, you know, continued to play at a high level even with him gone.
2: Yeah, you know, I had that article post go up at the Dallas Morning News on Wednesday about Jalen Smith about. You know, just how impressive he was, especially in coverage. His ability to turn and run with receivers. He turned and ran with Evan Ingram, who runs a 4-4-40 with ease. He ran at the end of the game with Dell Beckham and totally condensed the throwing window. There was no way Odell was going to be able to make that catch, even if Jeff Heath wasn't over the top. It was just incredibly impressive plays from him. Damian Wilson had an amazing game. He was all over the place. He started off the game a little a little worrisome when he missed the tackle on Saquon Barkley, like the whole defense did, frankly, at least once. But he did good rallying to the ball after that. He was an amazing blitzer. He was a sure tackler in coverage. Was uh, He actually covered Odell Beckham one-on-one by himself on one snap, which was incredibly yeah. impressive. And he would have had an interception if Byron Jones wouldn't have gotten in the middle of it, you mm. know. But it was really just an incredibly impressive week. You know, after week one where the linebackers were – not very good, you know, struggle a lot. They came back in week 2 and played like we thought they would from their preseason performances. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um I think uh you know, they uh they you know, they they've played Joe Thomas a little bit more, which I think, you know, uh, you saw some good results from. You know, I think that uh all of that could be uh you know, beneficial to kind of maintaining health for the linebacker core uh, in general. Um What is your uh, take on the starting corners? I mean, I think that you know they didn't get tested a ton, so uh, it looks like you know they still are playing fantastic. You you know, you go look at the all twenty-two tape, and you kind of see more of the same. Um, uh, You know, it's tough because I I feel like they've been playing really amazing. So, but I also have been waiting to hear a second opinion on this, but so let's, let's hear it, John. Give me
2: give, what am, am I, am I wrong? What's going on here? No, I thought they were phenomenal. You know, Byron Jones, especially was, he was a shutdown corner on uh Sunday night. He was targeted five times in coverage, only allowed one reception for zero yards. It was, he was blanketing. O- OBJ, Cody Latimer, Sterling Shepard. It didn't matter who was lined up opposite of him in man coverage, zone coverage, you know, cover one cover three all of those things he even did well in quarters coverage it was just an all around amazing day from Byron Jones you know Chidobe Awuzie he was another he had another good game you know there was that one catch where he had perfect perfect coverage but it was just an even more perfect throw you know but besides that he was sh- true in coverage he was sticky in coverage he was um had good spacing in zone he was aware in zone he was passing off receivers taking on receivers into his zone well just a really impressive game. And Anthony Brown, he was had another really good game in the slot. You know, Sterling Shepard is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. OBJ plays a lot in the slot. And Anthony Brown held up really well.
1: Yeah, Anthony Brown has been playing fantastic, you know, all season. I mean, I think, you know, he's... he's- it's been crazy cuz everyone assumed that Jordan Lewis is going to come right in yeah. and take that spot. And the thing
2: is, he has to play well because you know everybody's looking to criticize the Cowboys coaching staff the minute he struggles saying that Jordan yeah. Lewis should be out there. He's a fan favorite. We both like him a lot. We understand why, but we just got to come to the conclusion that Anthony Brown has just outplayed him throughout the entire preseason throughout training camp and he's playing phenomenally well to start of the season.
1: Absolutely. Um and then finally the safeties
2: uh uh, yeah,
1: I think we saw Kayvon Frazier get a sack and play mm-hmm. just generally very well. Um, yeah And then I uh, Jeff Heath almost had an interception at the back end of the end zone, but I'll, I mean, either way made the play. I, I think Heath has been playing fantastic, especially mm-hmm. near the line of scrimmage. Like he is just a, a real force in the run yeah. in the run game. Um, anything s- specifically about those guys?
2: Yeah, I just thought they were they both had really good games. You know, I I was a little bit worried about the duo. Uh, without xavier woods out there because in the past both have been exposing coverage a little bit but they have been such so, such an improved this season i don't know if it's because of chris richard or what greg jackson's doing to help them on the back end but they're playing extremely well their eyes are in the right place they're taking good angles they're being deliberate with their decisions in the box they're both playing phenomenally well reading their keys attacking downhill Making plays, really, really impressed by both of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think overall, and uh, you know, the defense just seemed to be really locked in. I, I think they may have either simplified, um, you know, what. What they're doing, and I think that's every everyone just seems to be playing faster. It you know people have commented that they think that there's more blitzing going on. I, I don't know that there's more blitzing. I just
2: think it, no. They actually they actually went in and it was only like 19% of the plays. I think Bob Sturm did it on his weekly Marinari report. It was only 19% of the defensive snaps were blitzes, which is right at their average. Yeah, they were just getting home every single time yeah. they blitzed, and I don't think the fans can. A lot of the fans can't tell the difference between a blitz and a stunt. Yeah,
1: I think that's I think that's very true. Um and I I you know I think that we did start to see some more of last year's uh kind of three man front with a peppered A gap situation. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, But overall, I think that, you know, it's very kind of similar to what we've been doing. It's just that they are playing with a level of athleticism. They are playing with a level of confidence that I I just don't know that they've played with uh, Mm -hmm. in a long time. Everyone just seems to be running to the ball full speed all the time. It's pretty impressive. So Uh, anything else before we do our Nabras of the week?
2: No, I think that was it. You know, just a really really excellent performance from the Cowboys defense yet again that hopefully they can continue it this week against the Seattle Seahawks and their future at offense
1: um yeah jeez <laughs> uh, well, so let's do our Nabras um I'm I'm gonna go a little unconventional with my nabra because Uh-oh. um I, I, <laughs> when I saw Eli's face after <laughs> After after getting hit by Jalen, man, you are a professional grown man quarterback. You cannot put that face on national television, son. Okay? That is the biggest knob, nah, brah. All right? Because, I, I mean, honestly, like that just – I, I mean, for someone who feels like I personally have been a connoisseur of Eli Dumbface for the last decade – that was the most intense Eli dumb face I have ever seen in my li- life. Nah, brah. You can't be doing that face on national television.
2: <laughs> well, how can, I, how can I come after that? How <laughs> can I go after that? This is unfair. <laughs> my nah, brah was a play where Zeke Elliott was coming across the formation and pass protection and just dove at the ground. Oh, I didn't, saw that. Didn't block, a, didn't block a single person, just dove at the ground, let Dak Prescott get hit as he was throwing the ball. Still ball was completed. But yeah, I don't want my quarterback getting hit like that, Zeke. Please look at where you're blocking next time. Nah, bro, don't do that. Nah, bro, don't do that. Nah, bro, don't uh, look your head,
1: bro. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we're we our next segment is uh, the one and only Matt Waldman. So Matty Ice, let, Matty Ice, Matty Ice, yeah. So let's uh, let's do it. And we are so glad to be joined by our guest today, who, as I mentioned earlier, probably doesn't need an introduction, but I uh, over-introduced him earlier. But I'm going to give an appropriate introduction here, Matt, from Football Guys, from his own work at the Rookie sc- Scouting Portfolio. We are so proud to have Matt Waldman join us. Matt, how are you
0: doing? I'm doing great it's it's glad to be back I'm glad to be back on the show and you know obviously John is one of my favorite guests on the RSP film room so you know it's nice to be able to hang out with you guys and talk shop
1: yeah and it's we definitely wanted to bring in uh, you know one of our favorite football minds especially football offensive minds to talk to us about uh, you know what's going on with our offense because it's 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 kind of difficult at times to parse what we're seeing and what's the good and what's the bad. And, uh, so we, uh, you know, obviously look at this every week, but it's, it's good to get uh, an outside view. So let's, let's start there and let's, let's start with the quarterback. Can you just give us your thoughts, you know, of what you, what your opinion going into the season was, uh, of Dak Prescott and, and, and his fit in this offense, and and I guess how, if that's changed any from what you've seen in the last two weeks?
0: Um, it hasn't changed at all. I mean, it's funny because when Dak Prescott was a player that I probably missed on um, pretty badly when it came to re- to reviewing his tape, and it was in one of those ways that it made me go back and rethink some things because... He was one of those players that it was clear that if he pieced everything together, all the little things that I wasn't seeing on the tape that I saw of him in Mississippi State, that he could be a really fine starting NFL quarterback. But I just saw too many things that weren't just hitting on all cylinders. And and it did, you know, the first year. And then I thought he took a step forward in in year two, even though maybe statistically he wasn't as good as he was year one. Um, And so heading into that, uh, you know, watching these two games, I think that you really can't, Pin a ton of this on on Dak Prescott. I think what he's done is, you know, he's making good reads. I think he's making good reads. I think that he's he's a player that's you know shown he showed a lot of accuracy in the Giants game, and he showed and he showed the ability to manage the game well and throw the ball away as needed. Um, the first game against Carolina, that's where the accuracy was a little more spotty. And it was kind of funny because that was the Prescott I saw at Mississippi State and didn't see enough of the viewings of things where he really had put it all together. The Dak Prescott I saw in Carolina was that Dak Prescott I was most familiar with grading pre-draft. So it was kind of like, you know, under throwing passes when he had Mm -hmm. to go to a second or third read and move his feet and get into position. The ball wasn't going to come out accurate accurately after he had to maneuver the pocket to go from first to second or second to third read. But the the next week looked a lot better to me. And, you know, part of that, I think, too, is that you have to understand that no quarterback is going to be super accurate Mm -hmm. if your offensive line isn't picking up assignments. And so that's an issue we can talk about. I certainly think that on top of that, He's got a lot of unproven receivers. I mean, the fact that Tavon Austin is considered a veteran receiver in this core is, you know, by the standards of the NFL, <laughs> is is not very good because, you know, Tavon Austin's a dynamic athlete, but up until this year, he's not a guy that you look at and say, oh, he runs the full route tree. Oh, he's got a great rapport with his quarterback. He's a guy that's going to beat your top corner back and be a mismatch against other cornerbacks. But against the Giants, I looked at that and said, huh, maybe some of that Sanjay Lal instruction yeah. is rubbing off on him a little bit mm-hmm. and starting to he's starting to look like a player as opposed to pre Sean McVay Rams, where maybe no one was teaching him anything.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, um talking more about the receiving corps. What do you think about Michael Gallup and his progression so far? And what do you think his ceiling is as a player?
0: See, I see him speaking of the Rams. I kind of see him as a Robert Woods type of player, Mm -hmm. a guy who can give you that thousand yard season, 60 to 80 catches a year. He can be that, you know, seven to nine touchdown guy. And, you know, in that type of range, in an offense that's geared to use him as kind of that co-primary receiver. Um, And I think that he's coming along, but you have to understand that, when you get into when you're a rookie and you're starting to play your first few games and you're and you're facing a cornerback who's savvier than you are, who's got more experience and you're and you're also thinking a little bit more than you are reacting to the game. And that happens with these guys. You're going to start making mistakes that you didn't even make when you were at say Colorado state. And, and so for him, you know, hugging the sideline a little too hard on mm-hmm. deeper routes, um, you know, having to figure out, you know, the game within the game to, to beat corners who foil maybe a release that he has, some of the types of adjustments like that, and then getting building up that trust. And and none of these receivers have built up that trust with their quarterback on a level where at game time, you know, he's gonna look at that read a little longer and see if he's gonna if that receiver is gonna be open. And on top of that, defenses, I mean, they don't know any of these guys to say you know, even as much criticism as Des Bryant's gotten nationally, you know, and I'm sure locally on some levels as well, you, you look at that and at least opposing defenses knew who Des Bryant was and he earned their respect on it with certain areas of what he did well. And whether Michael Gallup or it's Alan Hearns or Tavon Austin or Deontay Thompson, you know, opposing defenders look at them and say they're kind of like the bully in the schoolyard who's like look I'm going to pick on you I'm yeah. going to pick on you until you basically knock me in the mouth and then if I'm a good bully I'm good at my my role of being a bully I'm probably going to come back and try and knock you in the mouth again until you've proven that it wasn't a fluke you know and I think that that's going to be a four to six week process for this Mm -hmm. receiving core and until then they're going to be like look until you show us that you can beat us we're not going to do anything to cheat against you and that means we're going to make you throw the ball and we're going to we're going to be worried more about the the bully who gets that ball behind the line of scrimmage seven yards deep and can pound us into oblivion all
1: right i'm gonna ask a a real football nerd question here and so i hope everyone can stick with me on this one but (laughs) uh, uh This is kind of a more 10,000-foot view question. So the Cowboys, you know, one of the the big things that the Cowboys have done since the transition from Romo to Dak has been adding more of, you know, however you want to phrase it, RPOs, zone reads. I mean, the aspect of adding the quarterback into the running game uh, to kind of even the box numbers up a little bit. The Cowboys have also traditionally been a a Coriel-based passing attack. And uh, I, I guess my question is: Have you found, or do you think, because you, I think you probably also get a better view of offenses around the league? Does does a West Coast or Coriel offense mesh better or worse than uh, than the other? I guess when you, you know, pair it with a uh, option based, uh, uh, you know, RPO based uh, passing uh, uh, running games. I mean, d- does it seem like there's any more benefit for teams that can throw the ball accurately short and 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 you know it's as opposed to running, pairing it with a quarterback that can that can play with the option game, or does it not seem to matter and it's it's really just about the quarterback themselves?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question because I'd love for you to ask that in a room of about three or four other people along with myself Yeah, because I'd love to hear some other people's opinions on it. But I'd, I'd have to say from what I've observed, you know, the West Coast offense as a whole is one that really is about stretching the field horizontally as much as it does vertically. So if you have a quarterback who can truly be a threat on those types of plays, then it fits within that West Coast type of scheme. And then we also have to remember that when you look at the air raid offense, which has incorporated that pretty well in a lot of respects, um, all that is, is if you really distill it down to the simplest parts. Is a very distilled West Coast offense, so I think the West Coast offense is a very good fit for that, and that works pretty well. But I could see also how you know teams that use elements of, like, say the 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 Erhard Perkins offense, Mm -hmm. you can still do some of the same work with that as well, because it's also about how how they lie align and shift to create mismatches. Yeah. And you can do certain things that are going to, again, shift to a spot where you've suddenly created a potential mismatch. If the quarterback keeps it and takes it outside, or if the running back keeps it and you're kind of setting that up to your advantage. So I think it's just more about, it's not so much about the philosophy, but it's the intelligent um, application of those plays yeah. in the philosophy, as well as having the personnel, who can present the mismatch because you're not going to, you know, you, you might, it might work out well for you to do certain things types of things with oh who'd be a good example travis benjamin on the los angeles chargers Mm -hmm. that'd be fun to do some jet sweep stuff with him but at the same time you know philip rivers is never going to keep a ball on a reed option (laughs) so it's it's, it's, you know it's impossible in that sense
1: it's been an interesting pairing so far that's why i wanted to bring it up because it it, it does seem a lot more common with west coast teams and seeing the cowboys try to do it with more coriel concepts has been different and i think it's looked different than a lot of other teams john i think we got time for one more question
2: yeah you know um a big discussion point within the cowboys fan base thus far has been scott linehan and his play calling and his ability to maximize the weapons that the cowboys do have on offense in your watching of the cowboys this year and even holistically do you find that scott linehan is a good play caller do you or do you think that's an area where the cowboys need to get better
0: I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a decent play caller for sure. I think the hard part is how much is it Scott Linen and how much is it is the, the personnel that he's inherited or that he's a part he's with. And I think that that's kind of one of the situations too. And how good of an adjustment guy is he in the second half and how much is that Dak and how much is that scott linehan you know looking at things and working with his squad and and i think the hard part about it is it's probably fairly tangled at this stage because again you have so many new receivers in the fold you've lost you know two of your leaders on the field in you know whether you call brian a leader or not depends you know i'm sure there's fans who are polarized on that but he's a veteran you know and he he was an emotional leader
1: for sure that's hard to deny for anyone
0: Exactly. You know, and I'm sure that even if people are like, I'm so tired, I'm not seeing him on the sideline yelling and being passionate about what's going on and may not understand what that's all about. You know, he's still probably also passionately yelling about, I'm seeing this safety do X. If you throw the ball here, you know, if you do, if we do this, we could score, you know, and being frustrated about that, that not happening or at the same time, a Witten who obviously was a leader of this team who could point things out and notice things and be a guide for his quarterback, they're missing two of those players. So it's a whole new ball game with a lot of these guys. And again, none of them command the respect of a defense yet. Um, So it's, this is kind of a work in progress. First year kind of getting to know each other thing. And the biggest hope that you get is that, one of, you know, one of these guys really gels with Dak over the next, you know, over the next month, the running game continues to be, you know, healthy with Ezekiel Elliott and then, and then that the line play can shore up some of its protection issues. And if it, and, if, and really that's the biggest issue, I think there were a lot of protection issues Um, last week, and I could see a lot of pressure getting to Dak the first two weeks in ways where, you know, there's a play where he missed a throw to Rico gathers on a corner route last week and he overthrew it. But the the pressure was there that it had, he had to adjust his throw. And I think that that happens with every team, but it's happening a little too often in, in Dallas right now, early on.
1: Guys, Matt, thank you so much for for joining us. It really got some great stuff and and if you aren't following Matt on Twitter or at his getting the rookie sc- scouting portfolio every year, you're missing out on a huge portion of great football analysis for across the league and especially if you're a fantasy football person, like Matt's got great information. He's uh it's it's fantastic for scouting for fantasy football it's just good stuff all around and and beyond that too one of my favorite things about matt is that he's a very eloquent writer it's beautiful it's beautifully written yeah. and, and 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 it's it's like it's like reading prose at times with, uh, mm-hmm. with the way you describe things so I, I love the way you do it matt and, and please keep it up um and thank you for much joining appreciated us. yes uh, so hey, ma- thank you
2: matt really appreciate you coming on oh man it's fun Thanks
1: Make sure you join uh, Follow Matt At at Matt Waldman Uh, Make sure you're following uh, John and I At McCool BCB And at John Owning, And follow the Best Coast Boys pod At Best Coast Boys With a Z at the end Uh, Thanks Special thanks to Mike Fisher And at Fish Sports Uh, Make sure you're following us On Cowboys 247 Uh, That is 247sports.com Slash NFL Slash Dallas Dash Cowboys And hear us on the Cowboys Sports Radio app On your iOS iPhone And the Google Play Android And until next time
0: Happy trails, everybody.